What's good? Johan Francis, CSCS. Welcome to Ego Killer. Inside the gym flow, outside in life, doing your thing, getting by. Looking at standardized fitness, I always got to look at programs and ask why. Why are you doing the thing that you're doing? What is it that makes a quality program and how do you evaluate it? All of that's necessary. Because sometimes we see a lot of unnecessary things going on behind the fourth wall of fitness. You'll be with your coach, your trainer, doing wheelbarrows. You'll be hopping over you know, heavy bags left and right. You're doing backwards karaoke with bands attached to the front. You all kinds of interesting and unique things going on. I remember back at the gym that I used to train at, there was a time where you know those risers that are uh, turquoise and, and red color, like a fuchsia, ugly fuchsia color. We used to get those and stack them on top of each other left and right, trying to get creative. And after a while, other people came in looking at that, thinking it was pretty creative or weird. And the trainers who were doing these exercises get a lot of attention. And at the end of the day, when you're inside the fishbowl of a fitness studio, getting attention is probably what you need. But if you're somebody that's paying that good money, do you really want to be the one, the guinea pig, <laughs> that all of these fitness tests are being run on? Aren't you just more than a case study? I tend to believe so. So I want to get you guys to start asking quality questions about not just your coaches. Your coaches are there because you like them. You like your coaches. You could talk your coaches. You could bounce ideas off them. That's why you're working with them. You're fucking with your coaches because you like them. But what we also want to do is we want to evaluate not just the strength, veracity, and outcomes of their programs, but why. Why are we doing this? We're going to talk about how to standardize your program on your own, whether you're doing your own type stuff or you're with your coach. So you can go to CoachJohanCSCS.com for everything that we talk about today, and you can download your own programs, PDFs, four programs, meal plans, and videos there. Before we get into it, we're going to talk about four points, okay? Quality fitness in this era, it leads to us hopefully asking why we train the way we train. Especially in the last couple of decades, we've seen all manner of crazy things and some useful, otherwise not useful in some cases, things go up. One of the ways that me personally, I'll look and see like, is a training program really effective? I'll look at that warm up, right? I'll look at that warm up. So I'll be in my gym working out, I'll be on the treadmill and I'll look across the room and hopefully I'll see a quality coach doing a warm up of mobility mobilizing you clients or trainees and doing so in a matter that makes sense. If it stops making any functional sense to me, that's when I got to say, yo, you got to question your coach. And that's what I hope for. By and large, by and large, warmups should be standard. Every time you go in to do a type of warmup for your body, you should focus on getting a global type warmup. A global warm-up that's going to include a full body mobilization. Now, like I said in another episode of Ego Killer, if that means you're working your hips for the day, like you're working on your vertical or maybe you're working on your agility, right? You're going to break out with the ladder and you're going to go left to right and pop it up and up over that. <laughs> what you probably want to then work on and mobilize for the day is your lateral movement. So you want to start working side lunges, Cossack lunges and mobilization. 
You're going to go through your tempo squats. All of those things are necessary to do the thing. But what isn't very necessary is when you start doing Cossacks uh, mobilization and sideways lunges only to end up on the decline bench press. That's some dumb stuff. We don't do that because it doesn't make sense. And at which point I'm going to look to you as the person being trained to inquire of your coach, why are we doing this? <laughs> what does this prove? To make sure that we're not inside some type of uh, test tube situation going on. So if the move is more complex, what we're going to do is we're going to focus more on that muscle group for mobilization and activation in particular. All right. By and large, you guys ever been to like a Pilates workout or something like this or seen it even on YouTube, vinyasas? By and large, a lot of those openers are the same. And there's a reason that they're the same. It's because all of that stuff is calisthenic. All of that stuff is calisthenic. Even inside the world of calisthenics, the folks that are out there on the bars with the gloves, right? A lot of their openers are similar. You got your planche push-ups. You got your isometric holds. You got your iso eccentric pull-downs. Um, pull, pull, well, eccentric pull-ups is pushing away from the bar. It's hard to explain. All of these things are standardized, and so a standardized warm-up is super important. Now, when I see you guys training... Right, and you're not doing anything sports specific, and then you're doing toe taps, and then later on you're sitting down shoulder pressing, dumb stuff. All right, so that's number one. Number two, the warm up, the work, and the cool down. That's kind of the standard ammo modus operandi for what type of fitness you're doing. So I don't care if you're doing CrossFit, I don't care if you're doing like on those big, huge reformers that could fit like two, three people on it at a time. The standard operating procedure is going to be you're going to warm up for a little bit, trying to get that heart rate above 120. You're going to go through the work sections, which are tessellated into some manner of you know, upper body, then spine, then chest, or maybe it's chest day, so you're doing upper chest, lower chest. And then at the end of all those things comes your cool down. That's basically how the thing usually plays out. And what's going down inside of all those parts is most of it should be standardized. We should oftentimes have a reason that we're doing all the things for the day. The math should be laid out in front of you all the time. Sometimes we're doing things that are not making a whole lot of sense. Not because you guys don't know what to work on first when we're inside the gym. That is an honest mistake. It's actually one of the more pernicious fallible instances of being inside the gym like no one knows exactly what they're supposed to do for the day you just kind of wander around when you're a beginner even when you're intermediate status in the gym and you're like oh there's that looks cool i'm gonna go try that and then all of a sudden your workout becomes entertainment it becomes a time filler which is fine but when we're looking for strength gains it could be both it could be both a time filler entertainment but also you can be creeping up that progression ladder and getting to the height of the thing, 100%, okay? And so what we do is we make sure that those three segments of every type workout are there, but we also want to get a little bit deeper and atomize it. We want to dissect it. We want to get in, right? You look, It's like a, a specimen. You got a specimen on a Petri dish. Get in there with your microscope and see what every individual piece is going to do for you. Okay, you want your warm up to feel like a warm up. Get past 101 to 115 ish beats per minute and sustain. 
Every warm-up's going to do that. And like we said before, that's all dependent on what type of section of your body you're going to be working. All right? If you're doing specific stuff. All right? So for the day, if I had, I remember for a long time, I was training a young kid. Well, he wasn't young. He was an older kid. He was like 17. And he was really strong. As a lot of 17-year-olds who work out and box a lot, man, they are. You're really strong. And so his warm-up was really quick and global. Dude was lean. He's like 5'10". I don't know how much he weighed, but it was all friggin' muscle, right? Not like he was shredded, but just one of these guys that when you, like, accidentally bump into him, you apologize for no reason because you think you ran into a door. He, like, looked like Ryan Garcia. Um, anyone who hears this will know exactly what I'm talking about at this point. And just a really strong guy. So one of the things that I focused on after getting a global warm-up out of the day, which is out of the way every time out, was now we're working on his grip strength. So he's somebody that if I asked him to do handstand push-ups tomorrow and he ain't never did one in his life, he's going to be able to achieve that. Now, do we want to push someone that can do everything to do everything? No. Like we said, the workout portion of our three-piece tessellated workout micro cycle for the day that workout section that needs to be atomized we need to get in there with that microscope with that scalpel well i don't know if you use a microscope and a scalpel you do sometimes point is we need to get in there and see what the business is what the goal is for the day and work on that and that doesn't mean like yo i got somebody who can stand on one foot on top of the swiss ball unnecessary with someone like young oscar this guy what I did with Oscar was we started we started working on his grip strength. That grip strength would allow him to do more of the pull-ups that we needed him to do. And since he was already strong as an ox, looking like he's a young SEAL Team 7, right, at 5'10", looking like Ryan Garcia. One of the things that we had him do was now learning to skin the cat, to isometrically hold at the top of his pull-ups, go into front levers, these extremely high-level moves that, like, virtually zero people uh, inside of a given gym, maybe one or two people are going to be able to achieve stuff like this. Like I said, he was a competitive fighter at the time, very strong. For everybody who wants to achieve something new inside the gym and they're capable... So for him, for let me finish with him. For him, what we did was we started... Um, having him do um, grip strengthening. He was doing bottoms up with kettlebells. He was doing swings, but I had him swing with bumper plates. So he's gripping the bumper plates in this kind of like crab position where his fingertips were barely holding on to them things, right? A number of other things. I had him exchange for three-finger grips on the, on the uh, kettlebells. We were doing pull-ups with three-finger grips, and they're trying to achieve max end range movement and flex, all this cool stuff, basically, that we were trying to do to try to get the man into optimum shape, and we did that. He was very, he ended up being, getting a lot of gains and uh, doing Superman push-ups and all the fun stuff because we were capable of it. Now, as a coach, if that's only one in a hundred people, and I only train a hundred people in my lifetime that does that stuff, I'm doing it right. I'm doing it right. Because what your goals are going to be should be based on your upper body strength, chest press, 
your um, push press, and your lower body strength. Potentially your deadlift, which is kind of falling out of favor lately, if you ask me. <clears throat> if you ask me, and your leg strength, like your squats, all right, your back squats mainly. Front squats, I think, may be more useful for what you're about to do in everyday life, but I like to test what back squats, front squats are actually like higher up on the progression ladder. That's what your workout should focus on. So day one, you're walking into the gym, maybe even you're going into a new gym, right? Maybe you're going to one of those purple clad gyms where they don't like when you drop the weights very loud because they're going to hit the alarm and get, you know, the gym police on your ass. <laughs> Planet Fitness. If you have a place like this where you're going to start working out, maybe the move is to pick one of those four that I just mentioned, your back squat, your chest press, your deadlift, potentially or your back squat and work on that for the day. What do we do after that? It has everything to do with conservation of energy to optimize the rep count microcycle goal that we just mentioned right there. And then a cool down, I think that there's a lot of liberties here. The textbook says go for your static stretching. That's where you're dangling or doing the type of stretching that you did at the end of PE classes when you were a kid, right, with your uniform on and everything like that, with your PE shorts. Um, these things are always a safe bet. They are your muscles, your large muscles typically have been more fatigued. And so the smaller units start to accept a, an increase in, um, end ranges and range of motion, which at that point then triggers the nervous system inside of your body to accept lengthening adjacent musculature, meaning you stretch more like that's just what happens. All right. So what we're, what I want to do is just tell you this, all right? I say all of that to say this. Your warm-up, narrow it down, but the workout should be on at least one of those, those four basic compound moves for the day. Everything else assists energy-wise going back to how many reps you're trying to do. The cool-down, let's talk about that real quick. So 2B is just your cool-down, all right? Number one, try to figure out what that warm-up looked like. Number two, A, is going to be this cool-down. Let's talk about this cool-down. All I think for cool-down is start bringing that heart rate back to where it was. Static stretching is fine. Holding positions is fine. Um, Pre-cool-down, end of workout. So like the transition between those two spots, think about driving that heart rate through the roof as hard as you can, all right? That's where you need to be. So that cool down too has got to look a little bit more um, about bringing the heart rate and the respiratory rate down, all right? As much as you can close to that 100, 120 that you walked in the gym with, okay? It's important that we have an idea. So many times people that you know or maybe it's been you, you walk into the gym and you have no clue. I remember at one point for me too, I have no clue what I'm going to do for the day. I don't know what I'm going to work on, and I just kind of pick a bunch of exercises that I want to do. Here's the other thing. You start hearing a piece of advice from one of the homies over here about what you should do, or you read a magazine, and you're like, yo, that's a great idea. Let me implement that. Then you start trying out all this stuff. You become your own specimen inside the gym. You become your own case study inside the gym, and you start doing machine dips, even though you've never done them before in your life. Right, And then you start supersetting that with close grip bench press. 
And over time, what happens is you maybe quit doing one of them or you incorporate them. You never have an idea of how many reps or sets you're going to do. That whole idea becomes a drain on the energy overall, right, over time. I can't imagine how many machines inside the gym go either hyper-used because everybody just uses them for a long time. Talking to you, Hammer Strength and Hammer Strength users. Hammer strength machines are those machines where you put the plates on, but they look like they're in a very fixed range of motion pattern. Those are fire. Everybody uses them because they're very familiar and comfortable with them. If we're talking about doing something like a power rack, also very important. In fact, more important, really. Are we going to go out of the way to set the power rack up? You know, I did a video about on this on the YouTube channel right here. Are we going to go out of the way to set up the power rack so that's super advantageous so we can overload our isometrics? Probably not. What are we looking to do? I know I used to, speaking of doing machine dips, I used to love doing machine dips because I could do the whole stack somehow at 22. I was able to do the whole stack of machine dips, press that beast down, and I felt like you know some of my friends that I used to work out with really strong, really, really, and looked hyper strong, right? Some of them bodybuilders. And I would keep up with them on that tricep or that preacher bicep curl. I loved it back when I cared about how much I was lifting. And that was a great boon to me. But over time, completely unnecessary. Now, if you are looking to compete in type of bodybuilding or do shows, all of those things become useful in a very different sense because you do want to get like hyper bloat hyper bigness, hypertrophy of your muscles, those things are necessary. But 2A, let's go back. Cool down, bring that heart rate down, isometrics do the trick, so do static stretching. Three, just a point, none of your workouts, programs, even if your favorite coach should leave you asking, why the hell are we doing this? I mean, you're allowed to ask, you should ask once, but after that, it should kind of tie in together. Now, there's not alchemy inside the gym. In fact, a lot of what we do inside these walls is science-based. And I say a lot because I don't know that it's all 100% based on science because there is a lot of like coaching going on. And yeah, there is a science to it, but it's not hard science. When you're talking about why are we doing certain angles of presses, when you're talking about why we do front versus zercher squats, we talk about how fast I'm supposed to run when I got that full load on that sled and I'm trying to blow out all my musculature and keep a low center of mass. It's all science-based. And so there is a reason for the season. You need to know that. And you should be asking them questions because that will give you an idea that it's supposed to tie into a greater program. Not just a macro cycle, but dare I say a meta cycle, <laughs> if that's a thing. All right. Um, these are not up for guesswork on my website coachohancss.com you see the program conditioning for competition that takes all the guesswork out of strength training and the specific mobilities that i use like i was training with a couple of my fighters i in fact trained another young fighter right before the pandemic occurred and um i trained a professional fighter and we were doing a lot of those wall slams in fact every fighter i've ever trained to the point that I'm trying to make was doing these dope wall slams where you take this heavy ball and you repeatedly slam it against the wall in a motion that is not a punch, but your body is acting as if it is a punch. 
It's a great exercise. But over time, I noticed like, yo, this is just great work for everybody that's going into any type of combat sport. And so I'll have everybody do that. If I was training five fighters at a time and I had enough wall space and heavy medicine balls, yeah, we would all be doing that same movement. It teaches perfect isometrics, perfect release. You can change the tempo of it. These are standardized kind of metrics, moves with metrics that are gauged, of course, in rep counts per how many minute we're doing it for. Yo, that's just good work that I like to do with people. There has been a study a long time, um, a few years back that I talk about inside of conditioning for competition. And in that study, what they talk about is if you're trying to get ready and they did a test on MMA people, but you could kind of translate this to anything you like doing golf, you like playing tennis, you like playing, you like grappling, right? Something martial arts, Krav Maga, something like this. What do you work out with? How do you get better at the thing? Do you do the thing a lot more? Do you do it heavier? Do you start putting on weight vests to do, like, do you get a weighted tennis racket and work your backhand with a weight vest on? Does that get you better at moving around like roughing a doll or something like this, right? What's the business? How do you get better? Do you do sports-specific stuff or do you not? And the answer in terms of, because they did it again in the test with MMA people, was, you do sports specific to increase sports specific strength training, energy systems focused training. You do energy systems focused training, training that is sports specific and loaded with traditional weightlifting techniques to get better at MMA versus standard training, which is closest to CrossFit Sursa 2010 to 2015. Box jumps, battle ropes, you know, presses, and the like. You know what I mean? They found that doing more specific energy systems-based rep count time under tension-ish was how you get that done. Not that long ago, I saw a bunch of fighters on Instagram, and they were doing... The same old, same old. Bulgarian bag, battle rope, box jump. And oftentimes I'll be watching that UFC countdown and I'll see those fighters, how they train. And sometimes those strength coaches are doing that same thing over and over. And it makes me wonder, why don't these guys just say, why are we doing this? <laughs> now... If you're in the height of competition, whatever your competition is, you're not really thinking, why are we doing this? Instead, you're focused on the long-term goal. And getting through this microcycle is simply a piece of that greater projected goal. So you're not really asking, why am I doing this for 30 seconds? How many push-ups did I do last week? 41 or 42? I need to get to 44. No, nah, you're letting your coach handle all that. You're letting your workout buddies handle all that. Right? But it still doesn't eliminate the question of why. It shouldn't eliminate the question of why. And so when I see them do that, and then on the very next breath, I see them do some just astronomically different <laughs> type stuff. Um, you know, they're doing 
things with medicine balls, but the medicine balls aren't moving, but they're pressing it against a squat rack. All the magical, <laughs> sensational, interesting things that you maybe have been put through by other coaches or maybe you've seen do that looks sexy and fun and that makes you want to get fit. All of these things kind of come together. Why are we doing them? Number one, think about that warm-up. That warm-up should be pretty samey every time with specific attention being paid to more complex movement patterns. You jump in really high today because you're working that vertical. Maybe you're going to get deep into your, you're going to do that ass to grass squat. You can do it for three to four reps for heavy because we're working on that vertical lately, right? We just started, you know, we just started, we're hooping lately. We got pickup ball going, we got pickup volleyball going. We want to get that vertical up just another half inch, quarter inch matters. Explosiveness, reaction matters. We're not doing archer pull-ups <laughs> to warm up and mobilize. No, no, no. We're sticking to the rivers and lakes that we might be used to. Up to down stretch. Monster walks. These are the global moves. Number two, we're going to follow that nice tessellated format. The warm-up, the work, the work to cool down, the cool down. And that work is going to be focused on one of them four things. And number three, we want to eliminate as much mystery as possible with our fitness. That means if I'm working towards something really specific, I'm not just doing standard global stuff to say that I did it. All right. Those are what the three and focus on goals and outcomes. Make sure that every time you do one type of workout that you repeat that same workout in two to three weeks. Maybe not down to a T, but the goals are the same. And you'll notice that you got stronger. You're able to do more reps under the same time under tension. All right? So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to leave you guys with that. Let me know what you think. Coach Yo on CSCS.com for that. Apple Podcasts to review. All the places that you can find this podcast, please subscribe. And then, yeah, hopefully it works out for you. Let me know on the website. Um, you can leave me a message with that form. All right. Cool. Till the next one, stay up all the way up.